Hello and welcome to the wrap-up episode of Season 1 of Cerebral Conversations. My name's Andy McLean. And my name is Ben McCallery. G'day. Well, Andy, we are back to recount our favourite moments of Season 1 and even share some never-heard-before stories. Yeah, what a fun season it's been. The response has been sensational. So, first of all, Ben, I just want to thank everybody who's listened to the season, commented, shared, and and helped spread the word. We've been really quite overwhelmed by some of the feedback that we've had. It's been lovely. Yeah, and Cerebral Conversations set out to tackle some of the biggest disability issues like ableism, accessibility, advocacy, inclusion, and tech innovation. And I think we've achieved that. Just recently, a mum and advocate for a little one with cerebral palsy told us how valuable the show's been in raising the awareness and understanding of cerebral palsy, which will no doubt have a really positive impact on her child's future. Yeah, how good is that? Um, and it's actually been a really big year for disability awareness more broadly. We've had the Paralympics, the launch of We The 15, and even COVID-19 has offered some surprising silver linings with so many things moving online and making it easier for some people with disability to get involved. Yeah, and I think these conversations have also played an important part. Yeah, it's nice to think we might have made a small difference ourselves too uh, with the podcast, Ben, and even Apple recognised that. They showcased Cerebral Conversations in their new and noteworthy list for a couple of weeks, which is a huge achievement. We were delighted to see that. We're stoked with that. Not all podcasts appear on that list, so that was wonderful. Andy, with that in mind, I wanted to ask you, what was your favourite moment of the season? Oh, so you've basically saved the most difficult question for the very end of the podcast season, Ben. That's cruel. Had to, had to. Ah. Uh, It's really, really hard to pick. But look, I mean, as a creative professional, uh, I suppose one guest that stuck with me was Emily Dash. Emily's a prolific actor, writer, playwright. Um, She's living proof, I think, that it's possible to overcome barriers to employment with a disability and to have an exciting, fulfilling career of your own choosing. Um, Let's play a clip now, actually, that I think really highlights Emily's positivity, a sense of humour, Um, And I think that if you think about it, it's the positivity and the sense of humour have been two of the great enablers for her in her career so far. Let's take a listen. So one day I was at a theatre performance with um, my friend Julie McCrossin and um, we we decided that we were getting ice cream at intermission. And that all sounded really great and nice. Until I discovered that it's very hard to feed someone ice cream without making a very large mess. So, you know, we're laughing and, you know, trying to get me cleaned up before the lights went down again. And she said she admired my determination in eating the ice cream. And I told her it was kind of like my life. And she said, what do you mean? And out of nowhere, I said, Life is like eating an ice cream. It's often difficult, sometimes messy, but always enjoyable if you can find the sweetness in it. And that is something I would say that is like my life motto from then on out. Yeah, there you go indeed. So that was Emily Dash, who is such a great storyteller. If anyone's listening right now and they haven't yet heard that episode, I'd guarantee you will love it. Go back, 
check it out. There's some great yarns in there uh, that involving a stellar list of actors that Emily's worked with. Um, in fact, I'm still feeling a little bit starstruck from it. So, Ben, you've asked me the difficult question. I'm going to throw it right back to you, mate. What was your highlight for the season? Well, Andy, it's really hard to go past episodes one and three for me. So if I can take you back, um, these were the episodes with Professor Nadia Badawi. And she talks about her incredible work that she does in neonatology. And it really resonates with me because I think I may have mentioned in the episode, Andy, that my daughter spent her first couple of days in a NIC unit. So hearing those stories from Nadia really took me back there. And I think anyone who's had a baby in the NICU would be touched by Nadia's story. And just how much those who work in neonatology care about these little babies. So Andy, the clip that I wanted to share, it's actually an extended cut from episode one, and it goes into what inspired Nadia to become a neonatologist. Let's hear it. I'm half Irish and half Egyptian, and I'd grown up in Egypt predominantly, and my parents, especially my father, had had quite a difficult childhood. So he was very sympathetic to the plight of women and children in particular, and saw that in poor countries or where there's any political strife, women and children are always the first victims. So I think that over the years, he talked to us and said, look, you guys, there's four of you, you're pretty uh, lucky and you've had a good education and it really, it's important that you try and help other people. So I actually was initially planning to do obstetrics and gynecology because I was very sympathetic again to women and what happens in low-income countries. But I found myself increasingly interested in the babies and realized that you can do a lot around that time to change the trajectory of somebody's life. And if you have good newborn intensive care or special care, then that really has a huge impact on that person, their family and the whole community. Because I think most Australians would be shocked to realize that about 10% of all babies in Australia are gonna end up in a newborn intensive care unit or a special care nursery. So if we don't get it right at that time, that really affects the life of that child forever. And you only have to stand in newborn intensive care and see the parents, the grandparents, the siblings, to see that you're, it's not just that baby, it's the whole family and their community are impacted forever. That was Nadia Badawi and just some extraordinary uh, work that she and her colleagues do. Uh, ben, another highlight. I'm going to cheat now. You asked me for one, but I can't. I'm going to have to have a second one. As a dad, I can't stop thinking about the story of little Eve Darcy and our chat with her dad, Joe, where he recounted her birth story and the miracles that followed. And um, thanks to Nadia Badawi and her team, actually. This is uh, the clip that really stayed with me. So, Joe, the family's all together. You're, you've got Eve in your arms. What happened next? Yeah, it was it was quite uh, quite difficult to kind of get your head around that you're you're lying with this little this little baby here, and waiting for it to slip away because they had said it'll take a bit of time. Um, uh, 
for the lungs to saturate or something like that, that she will just stop breathing because the brain stem couldn't tell the lungs to work. That's what I was got in layman's terms, uh, the information. But we kind of didn't recognize how, don't know how long we were there. It seemed like a, probably an hour or two hours. I don't know. But after a while, the doctor, doctors were coming in and out and, oh, she's, you can see in their look in their face, like, oh, she's still here, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then one particular doctor came in and he said, he just came over and checked her and then he put a, a glove on, uh, on his hand and, and then just uh, put his, uh, his finger in her mouth and she started sucking on his finger and he would, okay, this, this, this isn't right. That shouldn't be happening. This, this, I don't, I don't know. And we've got to get her some food. Um, did, I don't think the doctors knew that because knew what, what was happening. They probably never saw that before that you're on the end, end of, end of life. And next of all, it's, oh, she's doing what we were told couldn't be done. Um, so now the lungs are working and the brain stem is telling the lungs to work. Now we have to get her some food and and try and come out of this sort of uh this kind of fog that we're in of of letting her go and next of all it's oh well she's probably going to be all right oh so that's just an amazing roller coaster to be on to tell her that one minute you, you you're saying your goodbyes the next minute you're celebrating that she's she's still here and and, and then the next day and the next day it's just it's just a blur and after that how it all came came from that you know I'm getting quite emotional just listening back to that, Andy, and it certainly uh, was a bit of a tearjerker when we were in the room recording it with Joe, wasn't it? Uh, before we wrap up, I want to revisit one last clip, and that's from our youngest guest in the series, Mr. Aaron Keith, an athlete and an aspiring Paralympian. I love Aaron's determination and passion to create a future where disability is completely normalised. Take a listen to this. And last year, I also got elected as school vice president. Yeah, I think it's really good that that the younger kids get to see me up there with my walker and stuff and the disability because that normalises it. So, yeah. And I also want to become Australia's first disabled prime minister. So there you go. We've given you an exclusive in this podcast season. You now know... Australia's first disabled Prime Minister will be Aaron Keith. And do you know what? He's got my vote for absolute certainty. Absolutely. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And Andy, we could probably share more and more of these clips, but like all good things, it must come to an end. And as we close the curtain on season one, we wanted to share with you our plans for season two. Yeah, great news. We're going to be back in your ear holes in 2022 with more stories, more laughs and more conversations between great minds that think differently, talking about how we can change expectations, attitudes and culture around some of the biggest disability issues in our world today. And as you have heard throughout the series from the likes of Hannah Divany, Bronya Metherell and Tara Moss, just how important storytelling is, We'd like you to share your story with us in season two. So if you have an idea you'd love us to tackle, send an email to ask at cerebralpalsy.org.au or join the CPA Facebook community group and tell us there. Yes, yeah, so get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, please stay subscribed. If you haven't done so already, tell your friends about Cerebral Conversations and you can keep the conversation going between seasons by leaving us a rating or review. 
So until next time, thanks again for listening and goodbye for now. You've been listening to Cerebral Conversations, a podcast produced by Cerebral Palsy Alliance. To learn more, check out the show notes to this episode over at cerebralpalsy.org.au forward slash Cerebral Conversations. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate or review on your favourite podcast platform. And to join the conversation, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening. The music for this podcast was kindly supplied by Ocean Alley. Check out the band's music on Bandcamp or visit oceanalley.com.au.